We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to the second part of Hand Raised Guys from Thursday night. In the uh, the first part, which you can find all the places you listen to this here podcast, you can uh, get our conversation from Thursday with Tyler Siski, part of MPW Digital, a little more of a coach's perspective on the old Miss scrimmage from last Saturday. So, again, that's in part one. Click over there if that's what you want. We split it up. Now, part two, Neil and I discuss a uh, documentary he's been watching. We're still watching the TVs. We're doing our normal Thursday night banter. And we start taking your calls, which had a lot of football in them. We had a uh, call to open up, a couple of our regulars talking Ole Miss defense, talking history a little bit, and then – uh we do some over-unders toward the end of the show. It's pretty good stuff there. Related to last year, Ole Miss statistically, what do we expect? What do we not uh, expect? What do we think could happen with Ole Miss football? So, again, part one had Tyler Siski. If you have not listened, check that out. That is uh, most of that first part of the podcast from Hand Raised Guys on Thursday night. And now here is part two. It's calls. It's a little more talk between Neil and myself as we uh, cap off Thursday night's Hand Raised Guys. So, again, part two here coming up on the podcast. All right, so I'm going to find this NCAA letter. You got to, you got to hear this. Okay, go ahead. You'll, you'll enjoy this. I got to find my glasses. I know I'm. I'm You're getting, all like wrapped up. Yeah, I'm getting old. I get it. It is what it is. And I need glasses. I need. That was a really glasses. loud pop. I need reader glasses to read. I'm just. It's, it's, it's over. All right, this is from the NCAA colleagues. On behalf of NCAA member schools. The national office is working hard to pursue potential violations related to the interim name, image, and likeness policy, NIL. The enforcement staff understands the need for action and the urgency in this environment. Accordingly, below is a brief update regarding the enforcement staff's work. As a reminder, the NCAA Division I Board of Directors wanted student-athletes to have NIL opportunities as soon as possible while also navigating the varying state laws. The board continues to monitor the NIL landscape and appointed a council working group to determine whether modifications should be made or additional guidance should be provided. Okay. The interim policy maintains 
expectations that NCAA members adhere to key principles of college athletics and abide by rules regarding inducements, benefits, contacts, recruiting, etc. Protecting the environment starts with member schools following self-regulating requirements. To achieve success and protect fair competition from abuses, member cooperation and communication with the NCAA enforcement staff is imperative when self-regulating requirements fail. As always, much of enforcement's work is known only to parties involved in a confidential investigation. We conduct most of our business with schools, conferences, and others without public visibility. We also recognize the need for transparency in action, so we operate every day with genuine urgency on behalf of the association with a capital A. We're balancing that charge with the need to respect the interest of individual schools and safeguards in the infractions process. That balance helps us separate substantiated rumors from widely publicized rumors that our investigators demonstrate are not true. To those ends, the enforcement staff is actively investigating potential abuses of NIL transactions and will allege any substantiated concerns as soon as possible. We also constantly review new reports of tampering, <laughs> can't even say it without laughing, recruiting inducements, impermissible benefits, impermissible recruiters, and other related behaviors. We engage across the membership and pursue actionable leads aggressively. As member schools know, our focus is not on targeting student-athletes, no, 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 but rather the actors who pose a threat to the integrity of college sports, the integrity, Chase. Investigations can be challenging, and the enforcement staff needs help. They need help from member schools. Specific information about contacts or transactions will expedite investigations and help us secure truthful accounts. We understand why coaches and student-athletes are reluctant to provide documentary evidence and details on the record, but it's critically important in our effort to protect complaint-compliant programs. Candidly, we need these materials because too many NIL arrangements are not made in the sunshine, and getting accurate information is difficult. Individuals should contact the enforcement staff directly, and any information can be provided anonymously. As enforcement works on behalf of member institutions and student-athletes, we ask for your help in return. They want their help. Together, together, we can root out unfair behaviors while encouraging healthy NIL opportunities. Signed, Stan Wilcox, Executive Vice President of Regulatory Affairs, and John Duncan, Vice President of Enforcement. Oh, I remember him. There you have it. They need help. Look, if everybody would just play by the damn rules and turn themselves in, we wouldn't have a problem. Ever. That's true. At this point... I forgot about John Duncan. If you're not just cheating wildly, you're an idiot. Because they just admitted they have nothing. They they need you to self-report. They want you to snitch. And in today's environment, nobody is snitching. Because Why the hell would you snitch? Everybody's doing stuff. Everybody's going 86. I mean, how do you even keep up? How do you keep up with NIL if you're a school? Yeah, it's a good point. It was it was way too long. 
like what they got, said could have felt like I read it particularly you well. Did. I thought it was a good reading. But what was said could have been said in half that at best. Basically said, hey guys, just stop and turn yourselves in. Turn yourselves in. And also Please. turn in everybody else. Where's Instably Emily these days? What, what, what I think she left. For what? What's, sure what, some, what's her next career? I'm sure some PR gig in D.C. somewhere. You think so? Probably. Well, she wasn't particularly good at her last position. <laughs> the Apostles' Creed is a lot longer than that. Yeah, former NCAA PR team member. Account is inactive. Yeah, she bolted. She left in November of 2020. She Emily probably felt James. bad. She probably felt bad when I made fun of her. We did give her pure hell there for yeah. They deserved it. A few days. Oh, let's see. She is working. Let's see. Let's see if this is her. There is an Emily James. I'm not sure if it's her or not, but it probably is. Oh yeah, it is. She um. I think she maybe is working for the AARP now. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Is she based in DC? Tell me it's DC. If it's the person on the page, it says Washington District of Columbia. <laughs> I knew it. I mean, like, I, I now I'm a little pissed. Like, I, I hold on, I, I gotta find this link somewhere else where I can. I know get these in. people. You think she wanted to go to DC? Yeah, these people are all they're all the same. Insulin and and so they James. they just they walk around in echo chambers. You think so? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think it. I know it. It's why the stuff happens. She is incredibly active on LinkedIn. That who the hell is still active like this on LinkedIn? I don't know. I mean, holy hell! I have to like log in to be able to see her complete thing. It's gonna take me a minute. Yeah, like Cole says, they're not they're not protecting the kids. They, they they've they're losing. Oh God, they're no. losing control. They have no control. Basically, right now, it's just kind of the wild, wild west, and everybody is being asked to essentially, what's the word I'm looking for, just sort of honor the rules. It's, yeah, that's the word. It's, a, it's an honor system. Well, those turn out real well. And so what you have coming up is some rules, and you'll hear this on McCready and Siski with Tyler. You have some rules that basically are just going to lead to the wildest level of tampering. I mean, the tampering is going to be insane in the next few months like this football season you're going to you're and if you're not tampering with other people's rosters you're kind of missing an opportunity and your roster is getting tampered yes you can just go ahead and bet that your team's roster is being tampered with and your coaching staff is tampering with other rosters all the answers are yes Yes. yes, it's all happening. If anyone can tamper in any direction, that yeah, is what, so that is what, when, when that the is guy going posts down. something on the message board bitching about somebody tampering with Ole Miss players, it's like, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. And your coaches are yeah, tampering. Some dude at North Carolina could say the same thing. Yeah, and so. some cat at Purdue or, or so is being tampered. Yeah, and all these coaches. Somewhere in Illinois message boards because those Ole Miss jackasses. Yeah, are. it's just <laughs> it's where we are. Those SEC teams just think they can come in. Yeah, that, yep. that's exactly what that's you're getting it. over there. That's on it. The, Everyone's doing it. Uh, yeah, Emily James, Senior Advisor for External Relations with the AARP, Washington, D.C. Um, she spent nine years and six months with the NCAA. 
Imagine going to those offices and hanging out with those schlubs for nine years no. and six months. Nope. Nope. Manage communications for high-profile college sports issues, including litigation, regulatory affairs, and government relations. That day that the guy pulled me aside in Atlanta, I realized you people work. Mm-hmm. You people are different. But, boy, they they had a thing for freeze. Looks like she started college uh, at TCU and then graduated from Indiana. Oh. So local. she was a transfer portal. Yeah. Let's, I think she did the podcast now. She's been gone for a year and a half. I'm going to guess not. You're thinking no. <laughs> <laughs> thinking that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> I don't like our chances to get Emily on the show. Okay. <laughs> any other thoughts on stuff today? Have you watched? We'll get into it in a little bit. Have you, have you watched any of um, the Mante Mante? Yeah, I said, no, no, I. You're going to have to convince me that it is worth my time. I'll be honest. He does not. He does not compel me that much from a standpoint of being interested. The only thing interesting about it so far, I've watched episode one. It's just two series. It's just two episodes. I've watched the first one. I've got the second queued up. The interesting thing is that there's this disclaimer that they play before the show that all of the people that were interviewed for the show at the time of the interviews did not know that it's like Renea Tuliasasopo. Which is, she's related, he, she. To Marcus. To Marcus, to, yeah, the two yachts, Sopos. Um, I think they get their Christmas cards right. Just an ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did not know that, I guess, she identified as a transgender female at the time of the interviews. And she uses that to tie this all together today. Her journey of becoming a female, she uses that as an excuse for the catfishing. That it was just part of her journey into becoming a woman. Again, not compelled. That didn't help. It's, it's, and look, there's no spoilers. This happened a long time ago. The one thing that strikes you is like, how did this guy, who was an All-American linebacker, was a Heisman candidate. He was. Played for a team that played for the national championship. Yeah. How did this guy not figure out? I mean, is that what we settled on was just naivete? I guess. How did you never suspect she never let him see her? He kept saying he wanted to go out and meet her. No. Yeah. Her FaceTime never worked. At some point. Just. He got married in 2020. Yeah. He seems like he's okay now. But. He screwed her up. He screwed him up. He, she, they, whatever. It was, I mean, you walk away from episode one kind of feeling sorry for him, Manti, mm-hmm. but at the same time just going, man, 
It was dead spin. You're you're the biggest guy on campus. You can conceivably get a date there at Notre Dame. But he he was Samoan, um, Polynesian. Came from that culture. There wasn't much of that culture in South Bend, Indiana, and so Lene felt like home. You've t- we, we've talked about this with Jordan Tamu and others. That is a unique culture. It is a tight knit family bond culture. Very polite. Very. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, respectful. Yeah, because it's not really trusting, but it is, there is a certain amount of well, unity they, to it. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, like you. If you ever talk to Jordan Tamu, you're always struck with how respectful he is. Always. And so, I don't know, maybe it was just in his nature to be trusting, to be respectful, to believe. And that account, that Facebook account that lured him in, had connections that he knew from that community. I I forgot that it was Deadspin that broke all that. During an era where Deadspin was actually sort of normal and I mean, those blogs back then were fairly powerful between them and the big lead. And yeah. That was a time period where they had stuff. I mean. And they went after him. I yeah. mean, they accused him of being part of it, and he just wasn't. He just wasn't. And then there was no real support system at Notre Dame to help him with. He finally sat down with Jeremy Schaap and yeah. admitted to basically lying to people and. Well, he lied, to his own, he, he lied to his own father. Yeah. Because his father said, have you met this girl? And he said that he had when he hadn't. Because he knew his father would be like, what is wrong with you? You're falling in love with some girl that you've never met? Cole says he had bad eye discipline. It's true. For Not as for good of a linebacker as he was, he did have bad, bad eye discipline. He had his eyes in the wrong places. Played voicemails on the Dr. Phil show. See, I don't even remember some of this. I, th- this, this but the funny. voicemails sound very female. So when he heard her voice, his voice, she, he sounded like a girl. Because his friends would hear the voice, like on speakerphone and stuff. And then he had family members call. It was just bizarre. I mean, just just crazy. So I'll watch episode two and be an hour of my life that I can't get back, but I'm sucked in at this point. How long are the episodes? The first one was like a little over an hour. It's it's fine, whatever. I mean, I've wasted hours doing worse things. Okay. Anything else before we go to the phones? You got anything else you want to get to? Anything on your mind? I mean... that I haven't talked about in the last eight and a half hours this week. Um, no, I mean, I still am a little, what's the word? We've talked so much about the scrimmage and the scrimmage and this not, I mean, yeah. Lane said it was important, so by God, it's very important. He did. It's somewhere between not one of 15 and not the only thing that mattered over the course of the, uh, yeah. over, over the course of camp that, I still – I keep coming back to the one press conference that Lane did where he said that you need to get it right, that he made the wrong decision one time, and that was the worst thing he could do. Um, 
it's just gut, but they need to name this quarterback in the next like week. And frankly, a few days. Like well, sp- I understand what Tyler said, and look, they know way more than I do. But there is something to some continuity. Just from a, I, I told this to Rippy today. Just a leadership standpoint of mm-hmm. knowing who the dude is. Because you went through the whole summer with, hey, this guy runs seven on seven in this way, or this guy runs seven on seven in this way. He's yeah. the leader one day, the next. Like a team with so many new guys needs the dude. And it's a little weird when they don't have the dude. I agree completely. Um, they scrimmage Saturday. I assume we'll get Lane on Monday or Tuesday of next week. I, I don't remember the schedule off the top of my head. But I think that's a fair question on Monday or Tuesday, whenever we talk to Lane again. Hey, do you know who your quarterback will be against Troy? And if his answer is yes, but I don't feel like saying it, I think the follow-up question is, well, what is it that's preventing you from announcing it? And if he says, no, I don't, I actually will believe him and say, are you concerned that here we are on August the 20-whatever and you don't know who your quarterback is? Does that concern you? Because at some point, the old adage, the cliche about if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have one. I'm not saying that that rings completely true, but it has a ring of truth to it. Do you agree? Like last year, there was no doubt who the damn quarterback was. Well, it doesn't mean you're going to suck at the position, but it does mean you don't have a leader. They're not looking to somebody. Well, it also means that no one's just gone out and claimed the job day after day after day. Yeah, and it's not like listen, you, I, I mean, I, I, I heard from someone today who said, yeah, Dart won the scrimmage on Saturday, but he hadn't won the practices before that and didn't win a couple of the practices after that. You know, like, like there's a reason that Luke keeps getting number one snaps. It's because they just don't know yet, which is begins to get you into that area of, hmm. Well, look, I, I guess I'm teasing Brian's show here because I said this here too, but I think it's relevant to this conversation just in a minimal way. I thought way more about it today. But I know this is stupid, and I get he's not going to do it, and I get that I probably wouldn't do it either. But a lot of their issues, you know, Luke has an issue, like Tyler said. It's because it's, it's what's funny. Tyler's right, and when he said what he saw, that's what I've seen all camp. I did not convey it very well. Lucas checked down because of indecision. It's not that he immediately doesn't read his correct read and then just throws it to the check down guy. Right. It's that he doesn't trust something down the field and then checks it off, which does mean he's checking it off all the time, but it's not that he's just looking to do that. Right. He's not trusting something. And then both those guys on Saturday, and in a lot of the team stuff we've seen, they haven't done a very good job of keeping their eyes downfield, making plays, and doing something that, frankly, Luke, I thought, did an okay job in the Sugar Bowl. That was his best thing, was kind of improvising and moving around a little bit. I would be tempted to play them live for a scrimmage and let them get hit and actually see what your eyes are doing down the field when you know Tennyson's not going to just tap you. Because I, I would be a little scared. and I get they both played a little bit. Jackson played five games or whatever it was for USC. I would be a little scared that one of their main issues is something they don't even really have to worry about right now because nobody's going to touch them. You can't figure out what somebody's eyes are going to do down the field until they can get hit under the chin doing it. Just a theory. No, it's an interesting thing. Cause, and now you've gotten to the place where you're two weeks away from your opener and you've got some DBs that can lay the wood. And if you go, hey, everybody's live... 
But there were some plays last Saturday. And again, man, we're putting a ton of weight on one scrimmage. But Lane Kiffin said this is the biggest scrimmage, two biggest scrimmages. He he kind of did this to himself. So, Lane, in the point <laughs> 0.1% chance that you're watching this, Hi. sorry. Hi. And, and hello. Hey, you can call in, please. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there were some plays in that deal where I thought, God, a quarterback would have gotten lit up right there. There had been a fumble right there. There were some ball security issues right there. They were liberal with the whistle, and it kind of well, led to – and at one point, I thought I saw Lane Kiffin go up to the official and go let him play. Oh, really? Because early in the scrimmage, they were blowing the whistle. Anywhere near them. If you touched the quarterback. And he was getting, kind of getting frustrated, and it was kind of like let him play. And then there were some plays where it was like he'd have gotten hit there, he'd have been sacked there, he'd have been sacked there. And they were completing balls 10 yards They say it would have changed those numbers. Yeah, because you finished. Like, you're with the naked eye, you were like, I didn't think the offense looked very good. And then you looked at the, the passing numbers and 16 for 21, 12 for 18, 7 for 7 or whatever. And you're like, what? But there were a lot of those plays that came on third and long, like third and 15, where they completed a 12-yard route. And just raw numbers looked better than they really looked. Because I didn't at any point during that scrimmage on Saturday go, man, these quarterbacks are tearing it up. Made some like like Jackson made some good throws, but there were some plays where I was like, he'd have gotten sacked right there. Like that would have been an ugly play in real life against an SEC linebacker core. Somebody would have that would not have been a play that anybody looked back and went, Oh, that was great. No, you gotten hit right there. You even would have gotten thrown. You would have thrown the ball while getting hit a few times. There were defensive linemen that would have had shots on the quarterback, but they couldn't take those shots because of the rules. So, I don't know. But I'm with you. Next week, the story shifts to quarterback, and the short and the story changes. Unless Lane goes, look, we don't know, and we're going to play them both in week one. Well, that's the only other side of the coin of what I'm just talking about is that even if you think Georgia Tech is competent, they have two essentially scrimmage games of teams they really can't lose to unless they just turn the ball over seven nine, seven to nine times. Well, can we be honest here? Yeah. If they lose a game in September, this is a freaking nightmare. That's what I'm saying. So I guess my point so is – you've got a whole month, really. Yeah. But Lane has said he doesn't want to do that. Yeah, yeah, no, no. So unless he changes his message on Monday or Tuesday or whatever and goes, hey, look, we might have to do that. At which point you go, hey, this thing's closer than you think. Because classes start Monday. The clock officially, officially kicks. But not neither kid's quitting on Sunday afternoon, for God's sake. So, But if he doesn't name a starter next week, I think we have to take – I think we have to be fair to Lane Kiffin here. He's been pretty transparent in the three seasons we've covered him. And so if he goes, I don't know who my quarterback is, I think you have to believe him. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's coach speak. He doesn't lie. He doesn't coach speak. He refuses to answer, but he doesn't lie. Yeah, he might not answer a question, but he won't look at you and go, oh, no, he's good. And then the dude doesn't play for six weeks. No. He doesn't do that. He might say, I don't talk about injuries, at which point you can start to read into it so he might be hurt. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't, yeah, you know, he doesn't look at us in the eye and lie to us. No. 
we talked about this a little bit. Did you think anything about the uh, the CBS tweet where they played the music? I, was, I mean, it was petty, which is fine. I mean, I, it, again, it's good for podcasters, but <laughs> it's what you said this morning. Look, they benefited so much from that damn deal that, frankly, them acting like there's some sour grapes or spill Kool-Aid, I don't want to hear it. Like, shut up. I mean, you, you had every opportunity to make that whatever, and they better be careful. Gary Danielson calling some, no offense, boring-ass Big Ten game. Oof. It, I know, because it's a different style of play. It's a different style of football, and he's awful. And he is. It, he is. He's also a Big Ten grad. Yeah, Purdue. Yeah, which they that was one of the selling points, getting him on SEC games. They didn't want an SEC guy. Suddenly he can be a Big Ten guy? Or are they going to take him off the broadcast? Big thanks to all SEC twenty six for the uh, super chat. Thank you. See, very I would want to. I would want to. I would want to find a new crew and and not have that identifying thing with the Big Ten. I would too. And as and look, I don't care about the song and stuff. It's whatever. But if I were them, I think I'd break out something fresh. I don't know that I'd break the dun da 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 because that's an but SEC, it's their song. It's an, yeah, CBS's it, song. It is, but, but everybody. But it's not. It'd be like if you found out that some other cat wrote Billie Jean. <laughs> Not his song. If you hear Billie Jean, you go, that's Michael Jackson. Yeah. Right? And if you found out that no, it belongs to somebody else, yeah, but if I hear it, I think Michael Jackson. You hear Little Red Corvette, you think Prince. Immediately. You don't think, hey, well, what if some other cat wrote that and owns it? I have no idea. But think, you, think, think Dolly got pissed when Whitney Houston covered her? Probably. You think so? Yeah. Because she did a good job with it, and then you had that, and you went, oh, hell. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. all right. Your song now. It's Whitney had pipes. Oh. Oh. Yeah, I think I'm with that. Keep the song, lose the announcers, James. I, 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 that's it. Change the announcers, change the feel. Whatever. I sell the song. To who? ESPN? To whoever's going to play the ESPN game. You would let that open on a different network at 2.30. It's where it belongs. (laughs) Let it go home. (laughs) I mean, you hear that song and you think, okay, it's Florida, Georgia. The Iron Bowl. We're settling in. It's Ole Miss LSU. It's Texas A&M, Alabama. Yeah. Here we go. Don't know what's going to happen, but it's probably going to be good. And sometimes if it's your team, right at two thirty, the hair stands up. Oh yeah, you're like you're you're, you're in now. You are, you're, hey. We're in this. Boy, here we go. <laughs> yeah. This is big. Yeah, yeah. Don't know how this is going to end, but it's going to be crazy. I'm 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 I know at six o'clock I'm going to be drained. Well, because look, we always did the you know everybody goes hey you you know if you had the eleven you were the JP game everybody's laughing at or whatever but it wasn't hey are we the two thirty game are we the CBS game? Yeah. Who's the CBS game? Yeah, it's not the two thirty. No, you knew SEC network. Everybody game. knew what you meant. Yeah, who's the CBS game? Two thirty CBS. It meant that's the game. That's the game. Yeah, it's the game that week. If Kentucky's in the two thirty game, you know, boy, Kentucky's having a special season, right? Tennessee, Alabama, Florida, Tennessee. Back in the day when it was yeah, Peyton yeah, yeah, Manning yeah. trying to beat the Gators, that was two thirty. It, it it had meaning. So yeah. All right. Uh, no, we're going. We're going to go to calls. Hang on, everybody. Be patient. Be patient. 
I'm putting up the number uh, right now. I got to pull up the Skype. There it is. Number's up 662-259-8563. People get impatient. On a Thursday. Just I know. Just, just not I even. can't imagine Gary Danielson calling a golf tournament. It would be great for the afternoon nap. Yeah, I no. That's a good point. I mean, Nebraska Rutgers with the CBS song. Like again, that's not going to be the CBS no, game. No, it's going to be Ohio State, USC, or whatever. But play a different song because neither one of those teams sound like SEC. The Rose Bowl teams. on CBS. Mm-mm. It's not. Is it ESPN? Yeah. Yeah. The Sun Bowl was on CBS. That's correct. New Year's Eve. Yeah. Two thirty. No, they moved the date though, right? Remember? They did finally move yeah. it, probably because those guys didn't want to spend every New Year's Eve in El Paso. <laughs> yeah, what's your team? <laughs> I've never been to El Paso, but I'll make sure the number's working. Because I get nervous when no one calls. I mean, it's been like I know seventy seconds. I'm just explaining to you my thought process, and it is a new number. So people are not used to it. Yeah, it works. It works. All right. So uh, 662-259-8563. If you'd like to call in, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, hey, who do we have? Hey, guys. It's Bobby. Give me, give me like 10 seconds. I'm trying to pour a drink here real quick. Oh, absolutely. What are you pouring? Okay. So... I went out of usually I'm more Tito's, but today they were the liquor shack right down the road. They were somehow out of Tito's, so I went and bought Sky. I'm not a big Sky vodka person, but it's okay. Um, you keep mispronouncing okay. Cathead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they don't have any Cathead there. I've only tried Cathead a couple of times. It's all sold out, um, of course. Yeah, it's gone. Cathead's pretty good, though, isn't it? Oh, it's the best. Yeah. Um, I actually went to, uh, I think it was like three years ago, they had like a music festival in yeah. Jackson at the distillery, and I went to it, Cathead Jam. I went to it, I think it was maybe 2019. That and it sounds was really right. cool. I don't know if they've been doing it every every year since. I'd like to go back. Yeah, I don't think they've done it since then. Maybe they're. Maybe we'll get back to normal here soon and we can do stuff like that. I don't know what the – but no, I don't think they've done it since – all the COVID stuff. Yeah. I, I hate to just sound like I'm a alcoholic here, but it's just been a very weird Thursday. Honestly, between the terrible news this morning, um, you reading that NCAA letter, which literally <laughs> made me roll on the floor laughing. <laughs> it's just, it, I, it's, I it's thought it was a very strange day. I thought it was a fairly dramatic reading. I got to be honest. It was the war and peace of PR letters. I just, I just thought, I thought the job that I did reading it was fantastic. Personally, I, I gave myself a ten out of ten. The phrase, <laughs> I, and I'm completely wording it wrongly. We've been forced the student athlete. And NIL from day, from day one. Absolutely. That's what kind of did it for me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, have you? Yeah. <laughs> you fought it for yeah. ten. You fought it for ten years. Because I'll be goddamned <laughs> if a certain Ole Miss student athlete didn't sleep on a coach uh, coach's couch one night, <laughs> and you know we can't have that. Absolutely not. Hey, she. It was a fairly large plate of spaghetti. Okay, it, I she, don't know. I mean, I mean, 
Angela made spaghetti. Angela Kiffin fixed him a plate of pasta. I mean, God only knows. I mean, was there meat in the pasta? Probably. I mean, think of the price. She's the good cheese. I bet she did. I bet they used that Parmigiano Reggiano where they grated it. I mean, can you imagine? But hey, y'all are leaving out the two worst parts of that investigation. Not only did he sleep on a couch, he kept a a truck a little too long while his was being repaired, right? I mean, and then <laughs> that gets into a little more fuzzy. Yeah. See, see, on some boosters' land. Yeah, the booster on the hunting land. That's the the part where the NCAA. You know, I mean, if they had a leg to stand on, it, it was the it was the rental car. It was the it was the booster paying the stepfather. The fact that they included the crap about he spent the night at, at a coach's house. I mean, give me a freaking break. Who cares that he ate some pasta? That I mean. What did she make? Some of that frozen bread that they stick in the oven? I mean, did did he have a salad kit? I mean, that's the stuff that makes them look so freaking petty. But he that, was lonely. The kid was literally freaking lonely when he got up to Oxford and he just went over to the coach's house and played video. Yeah, games I, I guess it, it, that's yeah. actually the thing. It amazes me that it can even be a violation that you stay at your position or you're at your recruiting coach's well, house. Yeah, the guy who recruited you, and he just played video games with with Chris's kids. He just played some video games and ate some pot. Literally, you know, all jokes they aside. They fed him. All jokes aside, he ate a meal that was probably like $4. Yeah. Guardians of the game, man. I mean, Guardians of the game. I'm going to guess because you have a kid that age now. Yeah. I mean, I had kids that were once that age. You, you, you're not exactly fixing gourmet dinners. You're browning some ground beef. You're throwing in a can of ragu or something, and you're boiling some pasta, and you just – you're just trying to put food in the belly. That's it. And he, I'm going to guess that 18-year-old Laramie Tunsil was not exactly a – what's the word I'm looking for, Chase? He, he, he wasn't a guy that was a restaurant critic. I mean, I'm going to guess – His he, palate was not overly – I'm going to guess he wasn't a foodie. He might be today as a multimillionaire, yeah. but at 18, I don't think I'm stereotyping Laramie at all to go, he probably was like, just give me some chicken fingers. I think he was probably very happy to have a family to hang out with for the evening and, and just play to with have, the kids. Yeah, people. Just I mean, have people to be with and, and a hot meal. Yeah. Killing some time before he moves in where he was going. Well, because he couldn't move into the dorm yet. Yeah. It wasn't open. <laughs> I mean, so, it, so they didn't put him hot up in a day. hotel. They put, literally a six-foot... Five two hundred and ninety pound dudes slept on a couch. It wasn't the most comfortable accommodation, and he had spaghetti. It would have been easier just to give him one hundred and twenty bucks and go stay down at it the hotel. Like they took him to a gourmet restaurant on a square. They literally just cooked him. Well, the, the he fact, ate what they ate. He the just fact, ate part of their dinner. He, they didn't even fix him anything. They just had dinner. The fact is that the fact that they could remember that no, we had spaghetti that night, probably because they had spaghetti like twice a week because they had little kids, and it wasn't fancy. <laughs> it was just you're just you just when you have kids that age, you're just feeding them. Eat. Speaking of. And this is, I literally just thought about this. Who's the more gifted athlete, him or Robert Kandishi? Ooh. Because I made this post the other day because someone made a thread about uh, Ole Miss football players that just never reached their potential. And I told them, I was like, guys, I don't, 
I think it gets forgotten because he was on teams that were really good and defensive lines that were really good. But if Robert Kandichi truly loved football and kind of walked a narrow path, he's he's not where he's at right now. I'll put it that way. No, that's true. But we say straight athlete. I think we have to go, if you had Leary Me versus Robert in some sort of like multi-sport competition, who are you taking? And I'm taking Laramie. I think I'm taking Laramie. I'd take Laramie. I think Laramie could work Robert on basketball court. That wouldn't that's not even the I, – yeah, that's a gimme. It's yeah. where, it, it would be anything else that would be the question. Robert would win on, in a track meet. Yes, he's faster. Um, it's really close. Laramie has the best feet I've ever seen, but Robert was a phenomenal athlete Yeah, before all the problems. I mean, that's what every – I'll never forget that 15 Bama game and being like, oh, my God, this is what it finally looks like if he could just put it all together. Because, I mean, literally, I think Herb Street even said it. He had, like, his third tackle for loss that game, and he was like, he's 300 pounds and moving like a cat. I was like, man, if he could have just – Bought in from day one, he could have been doing it for two years before. Well, and the know? natural thing at that point, right, was to put him at fullback and give him the ball on a on a fullback dive. You know, I was trying to forget about that because I actually went to the Memphis game that year, and <laughs> I was about did. ready to jump onto the field and uh, drop kick Hugh in the face. That game, that was the Arkansas game. I was just ready to like. Go confront Dave Womack and be like, "What the hell are we doing?" But the Memphis game, I was like, "Oh my, this is so stupid." Yeah, the Ar- this is you trying to look like you are the smartest person in the freaking room and being cute. Yeah, somehow Hugh was able to pull off that the Laquan reverse pass was not the dumbest play of the day. That's a good point. Good point. Didn't we score on that? Not on the play, right? Or do you try it again no, later I and it screw up? Scored on the Laquan pass. I think that was the first touchdown of the game. Really? I think that's right. Really? In the Memphis game, yeah. Did, we, did, did they do it later and screw it up? Didn't Ole Miss jump ahead like fourteen to they nothing did, in yeah. that game? They did. Yeah, we jumped on them because literally they did the little Laquan screen thing because God knows we throw Laquan like a thousand screens and the safety just bit and they let Quincy go up the sideline and Laquan just like. Lofted it to him. That was 2014. Boom, seven nothing. 2015. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, we've been doing that play for three years now, and it finally worked. And Florida, Memphis, Memphis, Arkansas. Like, the Arkansas game at home. Yeah. Right. The Brandon Allen yeah. game. No, okay. Can we not? <laughs> Can we not? <laughs> It was, it was the, the year before they, they lost. They lost big in Arkansas in fourteen, right? Yeah, yeah. that was the bow thirty nothing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was when I found out my boy Devontae Kincaid was hashtag not the answer. <laughs> well, if that game, hey, if that Arkansas game doesn't happen, you never sign Chad Kelly. He would have gone to Indy freaking Anna. Yeah, that's the truth. Is if that four, if that Arkansas game in fourteen doesn't happen, you never sign Chad Kelly. They were not going I'll to do it. I'll tell you what. Weren't going to do it. Is it true that Les Miles looked at him and said no? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Some because people... if you're Les and you said no, 
we're good. We've already got our guy. Because you remember, they, I think LSU the next year, that was the year everyone thought Fournette was going to win the Heisman early on. Yeah. And they were like 8 0. If LSU, if LSU fifteen sixteen exposed for not having a quarterback, yeah. If LSU fifteen sixteen had Chad Kelly, they probably win a national title. Ooh, probably, no, win, probably win a title because that fifteen I mean, team have, fell apart. But that they were loaded with talent. Yeah, they just they looked a lot like some LSU teams we've seen recently. Yeah, I mean they they had dudes everywhere. Just didn't have a quarterback. They went nine and three. They lost all three games in a row. And they got popped all three times. They were they were whatever, and they were seven and zero. And they lost at number four Alabama, thirty to sixteen. They lost to Arkansas at home, thirty one to fourteen, and then Ole Miss beat them thirty eight to seventeen in Oxford. Who was the quarterback on that? On the fifteen team? Yeah, was that that wasn't Mettenberger, right? Was that the first year he was gone? I don't know. Brandon Harris and Anthony Jennings. I rest my case. Oh, good God. Brandon Harris and Anthony Jennings went nine and three. Yeah, Chad Kelly wins a title. He does. Yeah. Hot take. If Chad Kelly's on that 14 team, I'm not saying they would have beaten Ohio State, but they're in the playoff and they probably win one playoff game if it's not against Ohio State. I think they would have beaten LSU on the road. I think they would have beaten Auburn at home. They might have gotten pop against Arkansas but they would have had stayed at home. And I don't know. I know the Egg Bowl is weird. I still think that defense was so good that they win. And then they would have gotten to play freaking Missouri in Atlanta, who lost to Indiana that year, who Alabama just skull-dragged. And, I mean, they're in the playoff at 11-1. and That Arkansas game that year was so weird because that team was done when Laquan got hurt. And you could see it in warm-ups. It was, it was cold, and it was wet. And Ole Miss in the warm-ups, remember this, Chase? Ole Miss kind of looked super flat in the warm-ups, and Arkansas looked like, for whatever reason, they looked like they were just so freaking fired up to play a football game. It was a weird look. And then, sure enough. That's just Fayetteville games, period, though. I'm yeah, sure. but it was, it was like a Fayetteville game on steroids that day. They, Arkansas was like out there because it was raining and cold, and they were like jumping around. I mean, it was literally kind of like pig and slop. I mean, it was yeah, a they weird. Were, they were yeah. excited. I mean, you could see it. Like I was like, man, they're going to like be exhausted when this warm-up's over because they, they had so much energy in their warm-up, and Ole Miss – Ole Miss was like looking for jackets and stuff. It was just such a completely – there was this disparity <laughs> – because I can remember telling somebody, is it too late for me to bet on this game? I mean, it just had this weird feel to it. And sure enough, I mean, that game was 30 to that nothing. Game it, yeah, that game was 30 to nothing, but it could have been whatever. It just didn't – the score didn't matter. It was – and then once Bo got hurt. But if Bo doesn't get hurt. Yeah, it seems, like, it seems like Kelly's only offers when Ole Miss offered were Indiana and Virginia Tech of Power Five. Like I, I think, he, but I think he was headed to Indiana. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. Uh, two things, uh, Neil. Am I crazy or just being negative, Nancy? That I think Ole Miss could lose four straight between uh, LSU and Arkansas. No, it's true they could. I mean, those are look. Those are three brutally difficult road games. I mean, I'm surprised at people that that are fighting this part. Like, look, Ole Miss could win a couple of those games. They could, who knows, right? What happens? But 
so if you just play them one by one, if if let's say Ole Miss is like seven and zero when they go to Baton Rouge, you don't think LSU is going to be pretty geeked up for that game, right? And, and the knock on LSU last year was that they were dis- disorganized because Ed was just horrible. Well, Brian Kelly won't be disorganized, so that that problem is addressed. So that's one. If they're undefeated, they'll be fired up for that thing. And then A and M's going to have Ole Miss circled. You don't think Jimbo's going to want to beat Lane after all the jabber and stuff? I mean, Lane's having fun with it, but Jimbo's probably not enjoying it as much. And then Ole Miss beat A and M last year. They're going to have that game circled. Uh, winning at A and M is is difficult. Um, Ole Miss can do it. They've done it before. They can do it again. But I mean, that's not a gimme. And then Alabama. I don't have to say any more. And then. The Arkansas game, I mean, I'm going to guess Arkansas has Ole Miss circled. Arkansas probably looks back at that game in Oxford last season and goes, we lost by one point on one play. And it's their senior day, and it's late November in Fayetteville. It might be, again, it could be cold, it could be rainy, who knows, right? I mean, all of those are losable games. Anybody who says they aren't, are they? Are they? is the odd – the odds are they won't lose all four, but sure. I mean, is it possible they lose if all If they go one and three in that stretch, I'll be happy because I honestly do think, even though there's a lot of hype with Kentucky, I still don't buy the Will Levis stuff. So I think they'll edge out Kentucky at home, and I think they're going to finally take the monkey off the back and beat Auburn. And Well, if that's the case, you're 7-0 seven 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 and and going to Baton Rouge. And then if they just win one of those games out of those four, okay, you're eight and three right there. And then I think they're going to beat State at home. It's People not. are like, well, it's saying, well, you never know. I'm just – yeah, no, I, the I, way Ole Miss's defensive roster is built with that many defensive backs, I, and it sounds like they have a decent defensive line, that feels like a really good matchup for an air racing. Yeah, I think Ole Miss matches up well with State. I mean, I, and I think if you offered yeah. Lane Kiffin nine and three right now, he'd be foolish not to take it. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. I took him to the Sugar Bowl in year two, and then I had to replace Matt Corral and Sam Williams, and we did the transfer portal thing like crazy, and I still won nine games. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think if you I mean, off, if yeah. you offered nine and three, yeah, I mean. How many coaches yeah. – and, and before anybody goes, oh, that you're doing the little Ole Miss thing, how many coaches in the league would turn down 9-3 and three right now? Two. I mean, I think Jimbo would have to take 9-3 and three if you offered it to him. Because Jimbo – well, yeah. Jimbo, Jimbo would be like, I need – Jimbo – anything better than that. Yeah, Jimbo needs to win 10, but, but if you offered him 9, he'd probably have to take it because there's no heat on him at 9-3. and three. There's heat on him at 7-5. and five. I think there's a lot of heat on him at eight and four, honestly. I do too. Yeah, no, I mean, there's look, there's heat on him at nine and three, but it's just not intense heat. The only two coaches that would say no to nine and three Kirby are and Nick. Yeah, that's it. They would they would say no. It, that's not that's not acceptable. Yeah, no doubt. Chase, I did want to ask you about one thing again. It's Ole Miss baseball. I think you mentioned this last week or maybe this week. Mm-hmm. And it's about Mike. Do you think them finally winning the Natty is going to loosen him up as far as an in-game, like, just mindset? Like, he's going to be a lot looser? Because, you know, the knock on Mike was always that he's a really tight in-game coach, and I feel like that – correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like that costs them a lot in the postseason. 
do you, do you think that's going to help him, or do you think he's still going to be the same old Mike, or do you think he's kind of loosened up a little bit? I thought that he was loose this year. Yeah, I mean, in general, yes. I, I think there is a difference in Mike Bianco's demeanor moving forward, having a championship, finally getting at least what he perceived to be a monkey off his back, not just Omaha, but the title. I, I think that, you know, his motivations when he took this job were not to get to Omaha. It was to win a national championship because, frankly, it had come so damn easy for him when he was at LSU for all that time as a player and a coach. So I, I thought he handled it well in a different way this year because, look, I don't think he heard a lot of noise, but in a lot of ways he kind of – just said, I'm proud of what I've done, and I'm just going to coach this team the best way I know how and let the chips fall where they may. And I didn't think he coached overly tight. But, yeah, he, he it, it's eternally loose now. I mean, there's no there's nothing. I mean, it's just go coach baseball, try to win more games, and try to get back there and do it again. And now you've seen you actually can do it. I mean, you know, it's kind of like that Georgia thing with the SEC Shorts. I mean, you're not hoping anymore. You've, you've seen it. You've done it in every damn way you can. So It was a really funny episode. It was a good yeah. yeah, no, I mean, they – Look, Mike, sure, yes, he, his in-game management has cost them postseason games. It also is a touch overplayed at times, too. Now, you know, because I, I, I think it plays into, you know, maybe not developing enough bullpen, and there's some tangible stuff, too. But, yeah, long story short, yes, I do believe it will it will do that uh, for, for sure. Frankly, for perpetuity. I think just period he will be a looser human being and coach moving forward. Yeah, and honestly, I think that's the – I think him loose, He's a much more effective coach in tight games like that. Last thing, Neil, should I? Do y'all think I should take Vandy to cover? Yeah, against Hawaii next week. Absolutely, go doors. I, I, listen, I, I, I want yeah. Vanderbilt to win because I'm I'm going to have fun with my weekly SEC ranking and ten weekend thoughts. If Vanderbilt's one and zero and the rest of the league is winless, I get to put They're Vanderbilt number one. I get to put Vanderbilt number one for one week. The fighting Clark Lee's man, and I get to Let's see go. how many I get to see how many people don't have a sense of humor, which is kind of a fun you, a I'm fun sport of game, mine. And I'm going to be full on anchor down that night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't look. I like Clark. He's a nice guy, and so I, it's a it's a it's an impossible job. So I certainly hope he beats Hawaii. Otherwise, my God, at how bad of season they're in for. Another two and ten, probably. But all right, guys, I appreciate y'all taking the call. Yep, y'all have a good one. You too. That is where you get to see just how bad a sense of humor people have, though. Oh, the, oh. if you rank Vanderbilt number one, and the people come back with, if the people don't get that you're joking, you get to realize how many people are literally meatloaf Monday, Taco Tuesday, no matter what. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm hopeful. All right, there's the number, 662-259-8563. That was a great call from Vibin. Always good to hear from him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences 
So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What else you got? Uh, so I was scrolling around a little bit to see what we had. Arkansas trying to stave off a big loss in soccer up <laughs> yeah. here right now. The, yep. bill, the, the Billikens trying to get it done yeah. at home. At St. Louis, yeah. Braves making a pitching change, 3-2 in the eighth. Two outs with a runner on second. Gave up a uh, a leadoff double, but he is now on second after a couple more it's outs. It's been a fun game. Oh. Mets-Braves, that could be a playoff series. Oh, very much so. Which would be a really good one. Unless you're a Mets or Rays fan, at which point you'd hate it. Hate it more for the Mets. Braves did get a ring last year. Takes the edge off. Oh, that's true. I mean. Cole, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Oh, we're good. Yeah, so Chase, I, Gary called a golf tournament one time. I was at a uh, wedding, and we were watching it like, in the hotel room, and I was like, is, is that Gary Like on TV? And it wasn't football season, and all of a sudden it was. And so if you can imagine Gary, like his over-analysis, he said, let's go back to this. I want you to watch this guy. Hold his hands over. He's going to hit a fade. He's going to hold it against the wind, aim right at that bunker, go straight down. He's going to land it nicely. It rolls out. It's a good play. I mean, it, it, like he would go into football. T- I mean, it, it was the worst thing I've ever heard. They were trying to watch like other golf like He would go back and like want to watch replay and show like now watch his shoulder turn. Is he going to dip down, lower his head a little bit? And you're like, oh, this I can't do this. It's awful. When you have. As we said, when you have the style of football that they would be playing anyway, it just doesn't work. I mean, I think you have to cut Gary Danielson. I think he has to be out. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, he's got to be. Yeah, it's 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 miserable. Um, hey, I never I know what it is in the new contract. I never saw it. You may have uh, written it and I didn't see it. But what about uh, how much money did Mike make 
with a bonus for winning the national championship this year? Um, I know that he got um, – because I, I guess they don't add on top of one another, I don't think, for the most part. I know he got 400000 for being the national champion. So I guess he got some APR stuff for whatever that number is, and then with that, so – his his 2022 total compensation was somewhere around 1.63 probably. 162. Is that good? Is that, can you make it off that? I mean, I would assume he probably didn't. You know, he's he's all right. Probably go to go, probably get a, get a, get him a couple of bottles of a, bottles of wine. I would think for the uh, for the week, something like that. Yeah, I think it'd be all right. Cause, I mean that's just norm now. It's his his base is up to one six two five starting next year. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so he's right behind. Um, Tim Corbin is the only uh, one in front of him. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, surprised that I didn't know that Tim Corbin stuff was released. I mean, I guess uh, it's not publicly, but yeah, it. it's. I've always heard two point one. Yeah, enough people have hinted at it to make you think that they probably know the number. Um, what is your favorite Hugh Freeze like image? Mine is him with his hands up as the uh, as the lateral is happening because he thinks the play is over. Oh yeah, that's that's my favorite. That in the three, he's holding up the bow Wallace from the third interception of the LSU game. Is that the one where he called everybody in the office to show you all the play? No, uh, that was after the it was, te- A&M. It was after a Texas A and M game, a Manziel game. Yeah, he called me in Man. and he he shows me the read and he tells me where Bo should have thrown the ball and where Bo did throw the ball and and I said to him, I said, "Look, I'm a reporter and this is good." And I'll write it, but are you really wanting to throw your quarterback under the bus publicly? <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the answer was, yeah, kind of. I mean, he didn't say Not my fault. He uh, didn't say that. He's just like, you know, people are criticizing the call, and the call was a good call. And and I kept thinking to myself in that moment, look, I get that Nick Saban dog cusses his quarterback privately, but publicly he doesn't. And it was just – a moment where you got a glimpse into, you kind of got a glimpse into the downfall ultimately of of freeze. Yeah, so that's interesting. I, I, I thought about this today when you were talking about the, the when I was listening to the Lane Kiffin interview, like the reversal of, of that, like Lane Kiffin and Hugh Freeze, the juxtaposition, uh, I guess, is just fascinating. Like yeah. with Christianity, with how they use social media, with how they think about others. Uh, how they view them, like it's, it, it's. I mean, it would make some, you know, pretty good long form. Well, here's here's what you have to know, right? Here's the difference between the two guys. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't know Lane at all, and I, I felt like I knew Hugh pretty well. Um, Lane read, and I'm sorry, Hugh read everything that anybody wrote. And if you wrote something that was kind of critical, he he got super sensitive. He wanted to talk about it. He wanted to know why you wrote it. I don't. I think I could write a column that says Lane Kiffin is, and I could just run a list of negatives. And I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure that I would never hear a word from him about it. 
nor would he treat me any differently than he does today. Yeah. I, I just think that's, and I don't know what that says about Lane other than he understands that there's going to be criticism. I think he understands that it's a job and you just do your job more than maybe most coaches in the country that it's just, hey, look, yeah. I'm winning, and if I do, none of the other crap matters. Yeah. If I don't, none of the other crap matters. And if they want me to coach forever, I'll stay until I find something else. And if they want to fire me, okay, pay me my money and go. It's cool. I mean, he's not going to throw the desk over. Cool. All yeah. Right, sweet. I, I mean, I think as long as – I, I could write anything critical about him that wasn't like super personal and I would for the record I would never write something personal, but I mean I think I could write, hey, that was a bad play call or that wasn't the best preparation or whatnot. And if anything, he'd probably agree with it. But he would just never really get into it. Like he just just not the way he's wired and Hugh's the exact opposite. Hugh could not handle criticism it's why when people talked about Hugh getting the LSU job I would just say man you you guys just don't understand what a bad fit that is it's like people talk about the Auburn job right now like that's the rumor that's out there in the coaching business and the agent business is that Hugh Freeze is on the very short list if Auburn makes a move with Brian Harson. and I just look at it and go good luck yeah though that fan base would tear him apart I mean if he lost you know I mean and he would do a lot of the hokey stuff that they like and all of that, and it, maybe it would work. And if, if you win, it doesn't matter. Because like, we've talked about this at, at Ole Miss. When, when Hugh was winning, I didn't get one email about anything involving Hugh Freeze. This is the God's honest truth. And when, yeah. when, when Ole Miss lost the Egg Bowl in 16, I think it was 62 to 27 or something like that, I got like five emails from people with details about his personal life. 55 to 20. Yeah. 55 to 20. It was a blowout. Yeah, a five-touchdown loss. And all of a sudden, all these people are like, hey, did you know about this and this and this and this? And it's like, whoa. So it, it is at the I, – I, I feel like I've said this for a long time. It, it is a scoreboard business, and make no mistake about it. It totally is. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, and I mean, he searches his name on Twitter. I mean, that's the worst is when people don't even tag him and he finds it. Yeah. Like, that's how diseased he is. And, and look, with this if, you told me that, if you told me that Lane searches his name on Twitter, I'd totally believe it, but Lane doesn't take the bait. Yeah. You all talked about the 14th season a little bit earlier. I went back and looked at that – oh, I'm sorry, the 15th season. I went back and looked at that season uh, just – it was actually the other day because somebody was – I was trying to figure out when somebody's wedding anniversary is because, remember, they got married on one of those games. And I was just kind of looking through the season and I was like, man, that was a weird season. Like the Florida loss with the guy that ended up getting kicked off the team for performance-enhancing drugs. Will I don't know Greer. if you all remember that game, but like early in it, there was Will Greer, is that it? Yep. So early in that game, he dropped back and was about to throw a, uh, and, and I don't know, one of our linebackers or linemen like put a shoulder into his body, and he's on his back foot getting hit and throws, and I'm like, oh man, this is about to be picked. This is fantastic, and hits a guy on a rope like 40 yards downfield. I was like, hmm, that's not normal. And then and then you come out of that game, and then you you know have the win, you have the uh, you have the loss to Memphis with the Robert Kimdichie stuff. Then you have the fourth and 25. And you go on. To, I mean, it's just the season was all over the place. Like, I forget all those things were in the same year. It's what led to 
boring bowl games because at that point it's like, eh, whatever. Just come in, you know. No, no, nobody cared at all at that point. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll let you guys go, Chase. Uh, there's a new bourbon in the state called Penelope. Okay. They used to be only get it in Tennessee. Uh, try it out if you see it. It's uh, they they source uh, MGP juice mainly, um, but it's uh, it's good. Uh, it's good stuff. They're really good blenders. Have some pretty good uh, special. So the black label. The white label's trash. It's eighty okay. proof and tastes like water. The black oh, label's God. really good. Okay. Black, not white. Got it. All right. All see right. you guys. Thanks, Cole. What are you going to say? Nothing. I was reading Papa Beast in the stream. I was going to say, yeah, I, I believe that to be true. But then I was like, I don't know that for 100% sure where I want to actually say it out loud. So I just kind of stopped. Um, about the rugs stuff? Um, No, about Pete. Oh. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I see it now. Okay. Yeah. Everything seems to be better there, but I don't know what that means in that particular instance. Hey, who do we have? Yo, it's Grind. What's up, Grind? How are you? Oh, man. I've got some goddamn women dilemmas. I've got this all in football that I know is going to be bad. I'm just hanging in there, man. I'm hanging in there. How do you know it's going to be bad? Tomorrow? Yeah. How, how do you know it's going to be bad? Man, like I told my brother, man, if I want to be disappointed, I just go talk to tens at a bar all night. God dang. If I want to be, if I want to be disappointed this football season, man, at least I at least I may have a little shot with that. I don't think okay, let me first off, let me say unless Ryan Brown, he may have like some little sorcerer rocks, some little stone in his closet or something. But how if when he, he came on last week and said that T J Finley was, you know, was the guy. And at that moment, he wasn't. And they had the scrimmage. And I, think he is, like, I think he is the guy right now. Oh, Lord. I mean, I've talked, then, I've talked to two or three people around Auburn who say that if they played a game this Saturday, it would be Finley. And so how can you tell? And so, so if how can I expect anything other than bad results? Um, maybe he's got enough experience in the league to not lose games. No, maybe he's no, got man. enough experience to be a game manager and maybe there's enough on defense and with the running game, there is some concern about Bigsby apparently with an injury. Is that right? I think so, man. To be honest, I haven't checked anything all in the past two days, man. I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like there almost. I'm, I'm, all it all it takes is the first big loss and I'm I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. So it's like I'm I'm trying to not not to hype myself up and get psyched up because I don't even want to go through that this year. All right, as an Auburn fan, how would you feel about Hugh Freeze being your coach? Hell no. <laughs> Why? As an X's and O's, he's all right. Yeah, he's good. He's a good coach, sure. But I think he's but I think he's good at X's and O's because his recruiting is unbalanced. And I like I think, you know, he showed that at Ole Miss. I mean, for what, you know, Matt Luke, I mean, I know, you know, people I know y'all I know like fans hate him, but he left a very balanced roster even during probation period. He did. And so I mean, I think that's an indictment on Hugh Freeze a little bit. 
And so, yeah, I mean, the truth is, I one of the one of the reasons Lane Kiffin chose Ole Miss over Arkansas is because he thought that uh, he thought that that uh, Ole better. Miss had a better roster. Yeah, I mean, they, it, they did. It wasn't yeah. the whole Fayetteville over Oxford or traditions or any of that stuff. It was it was roster. And and speaking of roster, that's why I don't think the only way Auburn wins eight games this year is if the defense is top 10 and they're just able to run the ball for over about they're, they're probably averaging over 200 yards a game with Tank Bisbee and Jarquez on it able to move people out the way and you know dirty games up that's the only way that's that's going they're going to get the eight wins it's not going it's, it's not going to look any different yeah and it's just so hard to do that in modern it feels like today to win in the SEC, you've got to have a balanced offense. You, you, the, the defenses are too athletic and too well coached. If you're one dimensional, they'll just take the dimension away. Yeah, and, I, and to be honest, man, I think the as crazy it is, I think it's all about receivers now. I think I think if your receivers aren't top notch, you can kiss any chance of being elite goodbye. I think I think. I think you need an elite receiving core now these days in order to to really be something. I think if if you're missing it, and I know Georgia, Georgia like Georgia threw a wrench in everything just because you know they had the best defense we've ever seen. But I don't think that can be duplicated by many other programs. Even Alabama stopped doing that way. So I mean, well, you know, if if you go by the whole college football is a NFL light. Sport not, and I, I kind of subscribe to this. In the NFL, the wide receiver is far more valuable than the running back. Yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, I agree with that because I mean, you have so to be able to stretch defenses vertically. Yeah, in the college game, it's different than the NFL game, but it's not that damn much different, right? I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, the players are just worse. That's the only difference. Yeah, but the, yeah, exactly. The, but the game itself is 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 similar. I was talking with Tyler about this earlier today. We were talking about NBA and college basketball for some reason. I don't know how we got there. Beats me. But I was saying that you know, if you watch a college basketball game, even a high level college basketball game, let's say you watch Auburn Kentucky, right? It looks mm-hmm. it looks totally different. If you watch that game at say two o'clock, and then at six o'clock you turn on, I don't know. Blazers, Clippers, Thunder and Knicks. Yeah, whatever. If you whatever you turn on, it's a completely different game. It's a completely exactly. different game. It doesn't look the same. It's why there's not like if you if you're an NBA fan, you typically are not a college basketball fan. But if you're a, if you're a college football fan, with rare exception, you typically like the NFL. Yeah. And if you're it an NFL true. fan, yeah, have, if you're an NFL fan, you like watching college football. If you're an NBA fan, it's hard to watch the college game. It is, bro. It is. It is. And when you watch NBA, like I watch a lot of college basketball because I bet on it. And when you watch the NBA, it it looks like like it's like rubbing your hand over this rough surface and then rubbing your hand over this glass smooth surface. It's yeah. like dog. The way they move on the court is just totally different. Yeah, the, not, the, the spacing, the aiming, all these stoppage. Yeah, the spacing, the timing, the flow. It's totally different. Absolutely. Yep. Before I let you guys go, man, I want to get some over-under predictions for the Ole Miss offense defense. Okay. All right, here we go. I got some, got some numbers for you guys, these stats. I'm, uh, I'm, you guys are going to see how I do it, but these stats come from uh, NCAA.com, you know, from, from their you know, football website and stuff yeah. like that. We trust you. 
All right. So first we'll do offense. For this season and now, uh, they're going to be per game unless I let you guys know otherwise. So Ole Miss offense, passing yards per game, 237 yards over under. Under. Slightly over, but not much. Somewhere in the 240s. Okay. 237, just so you guys know, was good enough for 61st last year. Yeah, I'll I'll give him a Go ahead. Ole Miss Miss passing offense was at 273 yards at 23rd in the country last year. Okay. So it's just just to give you guys a – you expect them to drop off. I, so, I, I, mean, I do. Just, I, just, no, get you in your mind. I expect to drop off. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. So you expect from from twenty. So you expect Ole Miss to go from twenty third to worse than sixty first, basically. He, he thinks they're going to fall into the back half of college football from I, a passing, from a passing game. game. I do. I have questions at quarterback and receiver. Sure. Okay. Ole Miss rushing yards per game, two hundred and eight. That's a lot. It's a lot. But if you've got them under on the other, if you don't have them over, they're not winning eight games. 208, though. God, that's a bunch. But Um, it's not as much as we think in a standpoint. standpoint. I'm going to go over barely. That's really close. I mean, I'll go over, but now all of a sudden I'm worrying myself because I got them at like averaging 450 something yards a game, which is a little weird. Go ahead. Okay, just just to let you guys know, I'm gonna, sure. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give I'm gonna ask you guys about the over under this year, then I'm gonna give you guys a reference to where Ole Miss yeah, was sure. last year. Of course, that was actually Ole Miss rushing total last year. They averaged 208 oh. yards per game, and they were 19th in the country. Oh, 19th and first in the SEC. So under, yeah, I, I don't. I think they have better backs, but I don't know that they're gonna be able to stretch the field the same way. I would I would lean toward a little under. They don't have a running quarterback. Yeah, necessarily. Maybe they do. I don't know. Yeah, hell, who knows? Okay, two more for the offense. Total yards per game, four hundred and thirty-eight. It's about right. Um, I'm gonna go slightly under. Yeah. Same. Okay, last year Ole Miss was up there. They were number six in the country with four hundred eighty-one yards per game. Yeah, four hundred and thirty-eight. 438 yards would be good enough for 25th in the country last year. Yeah, I'm under. I just – I think if Ole Miss has a great season, it's going to be because they have a great defensive season. Okay, and the last one for the offense, points per game, 27 and a half. This is for the whole season? Over. Yeah, for the yeah, whole season. Yeah, probably over because they're going to light up like Central Arkansas and stuff. I mean – yeah, I mean over, I guess. Yeah, that's I don't know. That's probably about right. <laughs> well, there's, there, these are the over unders for a reason. They're all about yeah, right. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll, but slightly I'll, over. I'll go over because if you told me they scored seventy against Central Arkansas, I buy it. <clears throat> okay. For reference, last year Ole Miss scored thirty-two points per game and was 29th in the country. Yeah. yeah. And okay. Twenty-seven yeah. and a twenty-seven and a half would have been sixty-first. 
Oh, yeah. so yeah, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm good with the over now. I think they're a total uh, top half off. 29, 30 points a game. Yeah. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, all right. Got that knocked out with the offense. These are defense now. It's a, it is two more for the defense. Okay. Just because Ole Miss was pretty pretty solid in some other categories last year. Passing yards allowed per game, 212, 212 yards. Well, that's right there. Um, <laughs> um, a little over. Um, that's not much. That's not much. Yeah, a little over. You know what? I'll play along and go under. Okay. Okay. Last year, Ole Miss was 68th in the country last year, giving up 230 yards per game. Okay. 212 would have been good enough for 41st last year. <laughs> okay. I can buy that. I feel good about that. Okay. Okay. Rushing yards allowed, 135 and a half. Over. For the linebackers, yeah. Yep. Yeah, over. Over. Okay. Okay. I get that because last year Ole Miss was 105th in the country with 191 yards per game given up. And that was with two NFL linebackers Mm -hmm. and an NFL defensive end. Sam was really okay. Sam was really good. If Sam Williams doesn't have off field stuff, he's a first round pick. He had an elite season. No, yeah, yeah, he did. And matter of fact, since you since we since you did it, I'll just get to this one. Now this is a season stat. Season stat. Okay. Total sacks for the Ole Miss defense, thirty one and a half. Under. Under. I had to think about it for a minute. Under. Under. Okay. Last year, Ole Miss was 27th in the country with 38 sacks. Yeah. 31 and a half would have been good enough for 48th. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm okay there. Okay. Okay. For a couple different reasons. And for the people who are listening at home, I mean, when I say under, I'm not saying like under, like, oh, 10, 12 sacks under. I just think like. What was the number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 31 and a half. If you told me 30, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. So are you saying probably about like 20, 26 and a half, 27 sacks maybe? Yeah, like 20. Somewhere between 26 and 30. 27 and 30. Yeah, sure. In that that range. Turnover margin. Plus six and a half throughout the season. This is for throughout the season. At the end of, from game one to the last game that Ole Miss plays. Would the turnover margin be plus six and a half over under? Go over. They do a little better than that, I think. I think. What about you, Chase? I'm thinking uh, under. No, I'm okay. Under. Last year, Ole Miss was 29th in the country. I mean, excuse me. Last year, Ole Miss was twenty first in the country with a plus eight turnover margin. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. You're you're you won. Six, six and a half would have been good enough for twenty ninth last yeah, year. Yeah, under under is the safer bet. Sure. Yeah. Quarterbacks Unders. are going to struggle a little more than Matt last year. Yeah, I do think. Frankly, I'm a little for the couple backs that I'm not saying they're going to fumble all over the place, but they got to handle ball security a little. Yeah, you've got issues with one of them in particular. I, yeah. I know you do. And the one I like, but yeah. yeah. Okay, this is the last one right here. I appreciate you guys for letting me do this. Get, you know, so get some knowledge from you guys. 
point total points for the Ole Miss defense giving up per game. Okay. Twenty two and a half. <laughs> oh God. Ooh. That's your best over under of the day, by the way. Because like, so I had numbers in my head and I went, oh shit. Yeah, okay. The number in my mind was twenty three. Um <laughs> I I'll go I'll go over. Twenty two and a half, it's hard to get I up. mean that's if you get under that, I, I gotta think you're really winning. And I just like I've got eight and four in my brain, so I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go slightly over. Yeah, I think it's somewhere twenty three, twenty four. Maybe. Okay. Okay, just for reference, twenty-two yeah. and a half would have been good for thirty-third in the country last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Ole, Ole Miss last year gave up twenty-five points per game and was fifty-second in the country. Yeah. Of note, though, after Arkansas, they only gave up I think nineteen a game. And of note, after Arkansas is when Mark Robinson really stepped up it and was, he's not yes. there anymore. He doesn't play for the Rebels, <laughs> so it's it's kind of complicated, man. <laughs> He plays for the Steelers. I mean, now. yeah, and, and, and is going to play a lot. Like Mike Tomlin loves Mark Robinson. Yeah, like loves him. Yeah, I, I mean, he he was a dude. Like like he he was you know he flew around the field and made plays for Ole Miss. I my bad, you guys. I lied to you. Is one more left? His total yards sure. per defense is three hundred and fifty five and a half per game. Uh, that's Matt. not much. So two, two. I, uh, I think I'd go over. 2130. Yeah, a little over. Touch over. Okay. Oh, Miss, I was just, I'm basically, I gave you, I, you know, threw these numbers out just to see how much better you guys think the Ole Miss defense will be this year and how, how less productive, I'm not going to say worse, just how less productive you think Ole Miss offense may be this year. And so, so yeah, you know, I'm kind of, I kind of got a gauge on, on what you guys think. Are you guys thinking what I'm thinking would Ole Miss take a lot of unders early on in the season? The problem with that early in the season is it's those games where if they go try to absolutely try to beat the hell out of everybody to gain a little bit of just continuity and confidence, I wouldn't be shocked by it. I mean, yeah. if somebody said they beat, you know, I mean, hell, they could beat Troy 45 to nothing. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like I think well, 45 to nothing, would that would they even be up? But that wouldn't be a over, though. No, it was 59. Well, that's yeah. a good point. It was yeah. 59. It's a cover. It was only 23 yeah, on the Yeah, I like some early unders, I think, with Ole Miss. Yeah, that's what I like. Really, I really like the, the the under for the Ole Miss Georgia Tech game. I think Ole Miss kind of suffocates Georgia Tech, look, you know, as that game goes on. Yeah, but, I can uh, see that. I appreciate you guys, man. I'm gonna keep enjoying the show, and uh, you guys have a good night, man. Thanks, right, Brian. Thanks. Appreciate you. I don't know what the hell I expect. I, I just, I just keep going back to eight and four. Yeah, it's kind of I just go back to eight and four. I think they're eight and four. I guess both these things finished up kind of as we're finishing up. Yeah. You got Braves three two over the Mets, and then you have uh, I guess the Billikens the over the Billikens pulled it off. Yeah, one. It was a home game for them though. It was. Yeah, yeah they celebrated. They it's, were it's a big win. <laughs> hey, who do we have? Hey, this is Sean. Hey, Sean, how are you? Apparently, Paul's alive. Hey, uh, I really want to start off by saying that you guys have put out a lot of content lately, and it has been really enjoyable to listen to, to be completely honest. Hey, Sean, is There's it... There's a lot of content between you and um, Kiski and all that. It's just great. Is it S-E-A-N or S-H-A-W-N? Oh, S-E-A-N. Gotcha. That's the only way you could really spell it. I understand. But, hey, uh, another thing 
I don't know if you guys are interested in it. I just I just now tuned into the podcast. Kind of wanted to go through some of my since I started following Ole Miss and the greatest and worst things that's happened. And like to start off, I'd like to say what really got me into Ole Miss football. It might have been a loss, but it was the Arkansas Ole Miss game. The only reason I bring this up is basically because there's been debate about the greatest Old Miss history, the old, the greatest things that have happened at Old Miss history, and a lot of people want to put the, the baseball series in there, of course, because we won a national championship. But, you know, I, I go through it in my head a lot for what I've been through, and what really stuck with me, with, with me was the the – the multiple Arcan the multiple overtime game get against Arkansas when I was a kid. I mean I'm thirty, so I mean that was probably what I was like, what, twelve, something like that. And that really stuck in my head, even though we lost it, it's really what got me stuck on Ole Miss football. And then you get through the years and not many great things, but I mean we beat Florida, of course. They end up winning the national championship. But I go back, and people want to compare the national championship in baseball to, I don't know, the 2014 game against Bama. And when you're 20 rows up in the student session and you see that happen and you and you sit up there in the stands and you watch all the mayhem of what occurred that day, it really, I don't know, it, I've been talking to buddies about this because I had buddies with me there, and it, it just resonates in my heart just, I don't know, a lot. Because I was in Omaha for both both games that we won. I mean, I enjoyed it. So the back-to-back-to-back home runs was literally insane. But the insanity of basically tearing down goalposts and then tearing them, dragging them through the town, it was just magical it's hard to compare the two but if i had to put my vote out there it'd be that but then if you get into the worst things that we've seen jacksonville state terribleness absolute terribleness i remember everyone left at halftime thinking we'd win and uh black monday it's just it's kind of been such a coaster being an Ole Miss fan. But I've seen a lot of threads about the greatest of all time, and I like the baseball comments. I like it. I've been, I, I was there, saw the ceremony on the field, clapped the hands with the players walking through. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess y'all were probably at that game we beat Bama in 2014. Utter mayhem. And... I was at the Tet Stadium game this year where, I mean, goodness gracious, that was awesome. What it comes down to. Just been a lot of times, like, especially <laughs> went to the Florida game where we beat them against Tim Tebow. Like, it's just a lot of things I've been there to see. And I don't know, debate's up. But. I'm really not there to put the baseball above that 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 Alabama game. I know it just means more because we've lost so many years in a row, and it's a lot of fun to rush that field and take down goalposts. Just really was utter mayhem. 
I don't know. Just wonder what y'all's thoughts on it are. <laughs> been a lot of ups and downs. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I mean, I do have a little bit. I, I, <laughs> hang on, caller. Let Chase answer that. That that deserves Chase's thoughts. There's <laughs> a couple times where I was going to say something. He was on a roll. I didn't want to mess it up. Um, if you don't think the baseball celebration or the baseball national talk can be number one, then Black Monday can't be the worst thing that happened either. It can't like if one can't be the highest, the other one can't be the lowest. And frankly, Jacksonville State wasn't that big of a deal looking back. It didn't mean no, anything. It, didn't, it didn't matter. It's nowhere near some of the other things that we've already mentioned today. That that, that that's an that's actually an overrated bad moment because the team sucked. It wasn't going to matter. Yeah, they were, if even if they had won that game, they were still going to that team was still going to crater. Yeah. Go ahead, caller. Oh, hey, caller. Who do we have? Uh, Shaggy. Hey, Shaggy. Uh, earlier today, when he talked to the Outkick guy. He said that he just texted Lane and got a response at, I don't know, midnight or so. Yeah. What's keeping you from doing that? Um, I'm not a national guy. But you have a phone number, right? Uh, yeah. Why couldn't you just text him and try? Uh, I've texted him before. He does not respond. Ah, okay. I'm not a national okay. guy. It's not, and, and listen, I get it. I've said this all along. If if you if you can get national exposure, you don't need local exposure. Like this isn't picking on Matt Luke, right? But Matt Matt couldn't get there wasn't the the guy that works at Outkick or the guy that works at ESPN or the guy that works at Barstool wasn't interested in Matt because Matt didn't get doesn't produce clicks. Lane does. And so when Lane opens up in a press conference earlier in the day, um, one of those guys might follow up like Trey did and end up getting um, the, more, the more complete story. The more complete story because I'm not going to reach as many people as OutKick is. I'm just not. I mean – it's not me criticizing myself or or whatever. It's just the truth. I'm not going to reach as many people as when Gene Wojciechowski comes to town from ESPN or if Dan Patrick wants him on his show. I I, I mean I'm just not. I, I didn't I didn't get that far in my career for whatever reason or whatever. It doesn't mean that I'm a terrible person or whatever. It just just didn't happen. Um, and so if you're Lane and you want to. If you're going to give somebody that amount of time and you want because you want exposure for your program or yourself or because it, it, if you if you want to be altruistic and believe it or not, I kind of give him the benefit of the doubt here. You truly want to impact lives. Are you better off talking to me or the guy at OutKick? I get that. It just it seems weird that he would actively ignore local people. It just I don't know. I mean, you've said it since he got there that, that he basically does. It just, I don't know, that struck me as weird. He just doesn't need us. I mean, we're already there. I mean, he gets, we we already give him what he wants locally. He doesn't need to give us more time. Now, that might change, right? I mean, like, let's say they go 6-6 six and six this year. And for the record, I don't think they will. But for kicks and giggles, let's say they go 6-6 six and six, or they go 5-7. and seven. Well, the national people aren't going to be hanging on every word. 
if he's five and seven, six and six. And at that point, he, he might need local people. But he just won 10 games. And he goes into this season, he's got the number one ranked transfer class, and uh, people are interested in him, and he's got a, a compelling story, and he's kind of opening up about himself and about his family. And, you know, he talked about going through a divorce and getting fired and his daughter moving in, and uh, her friends are over there, and they're watching a Nicholas Sparks movie, and that's a national kind of thing that he can get national exposure for himself and for his program. And I get it. I, there, there are, and I think there are people on the beat, frankly, who probably kind of hold that against him a little bit, but neither the two people that you're look, talking to now, we, we both understand it. Okay. Well, I was just curious. Appreciate you taking my call. No problem. Yes, sir. Have a good one. Bye. You too. Bye. Oh, man. That was a good laugh. Yeah, I kind of hate it when the last call. Um, <laughs> that was good. All right, we'll take this last one. Webb, how are you? Hey, Neil. How are y'all doing? Uh, we're good. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Just wanted to thank you guys for uh, for all your stuff this year. And, um, Appreciate everything, and uh, we will give you guys um, just kind of quick question: Who's going to be the uh, who's going to be the the kicker this year? Any any idea? Yeah, it's going to be uh, Ruiz. Jonathan Cruz. Jonathan Cruz. Oh, did I say Ruiz. I meant Cruz. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan Cruz. He's and he's been terrific in camp. I think of the kicks we've seen, he's he looks like really damn steady inside about forty eight yards. He's twelve for thirteen, and the one that he missed, the snap was kind of high. Yeah, four-year starter at Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, he looks from 35 to 48 just super steady. And he he can kick longer than that. We just haven't seen it. In his career, he's five of six from 50 and out. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. That's great. I got some peanuts for you guys on the way and uh, appreciate everything. And y'all have a great year and uh, appreciate all your hard work. Absolutely. Appreciate you as always. Thanks, Webb. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. All right, we'll uh we'll stop there. It's um it's nine twenty on a uh Thursday. We'll be back Thursday. We'll be back next Thursday. So we've got um we'll bring this to you in podcast form tomorrow and uh on Friday. Uh Chase will have coverage from Ole Miss football tomorrow and then oh, uh ten weekend thoughts on Sunday and then I anticipate, sort of like Chase hinted at earlier, I sort of anticipate a pretty news newsy next week. A newsy next week. I do. And then um, it'll be game week after it'll that. It'll be game week after that. So we got a lot coming to you. There's a lot of content up at the site. I've got a uh, Mind on My Money with Martin Palomo. I've got a uh, McCready and Siski with Tyler Siski. That's up as well. Chase has posted a... Uh, Brian Rippy, Rippy Wright's podcast yep. as well. So we'll get this to you as well. And then, um, yeah, we'll get into another week. Uh, Pete DeWeese show in about a week. Uh, Butcher versus the uh, spin instructor coming up as well. And then uh, we'll be resuming the Troy Brown show, the Mason Brooks show. So we got a lot of stuff coming your way here uh, really soon at MPW Digital. And we'll have full coverage of Ole Miss football. I, I'm expecting a commitment on Sunday afternoon from Aiden Williams. 
kind of have some content getting ready for you there. And uh, there's another commitment that could be coming up with Caden Lee, the wide receiver from Georgia. I don't know a a time on that or a date. It might be months. It might be days. I don't know. But uh, there's stuff coming. So uh, we'll have coverage to you at rebelgrove.com. And until, uh, until next time, for Chase, I'm Neil. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.